The Start On Demand. On demand. Hey, hey, it's GMAC on behalf of a vacationing Brett McGarry and Loren McNabb. Thanks for sharing, downloading, and subscribing to The Start On Demand. You can hear us live every weekday morning, 6 a.m. till 10 a.m. on 680CJOB. This is the very best of today's show. And, of course, Manitoba, 56 new cases of COVID-19. Over the weekend, we'll tell you which numbers are important, which ones are not Cynthia Carr, epidemiologist, will share with us the numbers that we need to be paying most close attention to. And new allegations surfacing from the sons of Winnipeg fashion mogul Peter Nygaard. We'll dig into that along with the hack of CRA. That and so much more coming up on the Start On Demand. Let's get right down to business. Nab, you've heard the saying, uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, uh, you can watch your dog run away for days. I hate it when people say that. It's one of those days, though, you can see forever <laughs> from uh, up here high above 201 Portage. It's a glorious view. It looks like it's going to be a terrific week. Yeah, the sun is uh, out in full force from what it looks like. I, I dare I almost say it. I don't want to jinx anything, but we've got the easiest of weather forecasts to talk about right now it's just warm it's sunny and we're hovering late or you know uh high 20s early 30s uh, 30 degrees later this week so yes beautiful forecast so lots to look forward to if you still have plans you want to get to this summer greg well and i think that's what we wanted to talk about uh to wind up this first hour of the week having coffee talking jeff forche good morning sir good morning good morning jeff braun hello and kelly are you still with us present Present. <laughs> yeah, Kelly, uh, thanks so much for the work you're doing on this CFL story, because for so many uh, people in these parts, uh, the fall and late summer mean nights at IG Field or uh, watching television or listening to Bob Irving with the play-by-play. And, and that's something that I've been missing uh, so dearly over this summer with the Bombers winning the Grey Cup. But there must be some other things on the list that as summer starts to whittle away that you'd like to get done before Labor Day weekend? Well, to be quite honest, guys, uh, we have done, the list is is everything uh, because in our quest to be able to go to BC later this month to see our grandson who just turned one last month, we have been isolated, well, basically isolating at our home. We do go out and uh, get groceries and that sort of thing, but uh, we've done nothing. Uh, so that we try to keep ourselves as as safe in our circle as tight as possible. So, uh, yeah. But I there, it, it's been a fantastic summer weather wise, and there are all sorts of things that you'd love to do. Some of them, Greg, you just mentioned going to a Canadian Football League game, going to a Gold Eyes game at Shaw Park. Uh, you know, none of those things uh, are available to us, and even things we used to take for granted like standing on the lineup at the bdi or maybe you know heading down to the forks and and seeing everybody milling around down there uh but those are still things you can do well you know it, it's neat because jeff i know you did something earlier this summer that you'd never done before at a cinnaboyne park you talking to me or braun oh sorry jeff braun <laughs> oh the, the, I don't know the, what the, you're the steam train. The steam train. <laughs> the steam train. 
Did, did, oh yeah, you didn't even realize it was there, and it's uh, what, I, like five kilometers from your house. People, uh, I accused people of trying to pull a prank on me by co- trying to convince me that it was there. I said, how, how how could I have never seen it in all the years I've been going to that park? Now, to be fair, it's kind of well hidden and it's not in a high traffic zone. But I did get to go on the the little uh, steam train there, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, my girlfriend's kids, who I took with me, enjoyed it a lot too. So what else have you got on your list of things that you'd like to, to get done this summer? Uh, well, I'd never have a big list for something like that. Usually the high point of my summer is either uh, is like me driving out to Ontario to visit friends and family. Of course, that didn't happen this year, but uh, some buddies and I are hoping for like kind of like a guy's weekend at the cottage kind of thing that we're, we, we you know, it's harder as the years goes by, it's harder to schedule something like that. But we're trying to get one of those in before the summer's over. Loren, you must have, I know you always have a long list of things and uh, like Jeff, like Kelly, like Forche, like most of us, that usually includes a sort of a long distance vacation just not happening this year. Yeah, and, and it's so been so funny because we often get, uh, I have family in different parts of the world, not to mention just different parts of the country. And at the very least, we try to get out to Alberta or BC. We, we've just chosen not to do that this year, partially because of circumstances, partially because, you know, the people on the other end, we all just kind of agree we weren't going to um, do it. And so that's opened up other opportunities. And I have to say the two weeks I did have uh, at different lakes and at home and all the rest were probably the most relaxing in the sense of, you know, you weren't rushing out the door or getting up early to hit the road or packing or planning and all that kind of stuff. So it's been, it's actually been a fun summer. And sadly, I feel like every weekend I have left is already booked with things that, you know, friends you still have yet to see or places you still haven't been to. And so it feels like it gets to that point of the year where you're like, uh oh, like my time is, my time is running out. And then sadly, I can't, I'm sure I'm not the only one through this COVID wave. I, ro- I rode this high of, you know, we're going to exercise more and keep the house clean and get more organized and do all these backyard projects. And we did that. And then we hit a low of not wanting to do anything like that. As I look around, the house is a disaster. So I feel like the end of my summer is just going to turn into this. You need to get it to get your S together, McNabb. Like get your stuff together and get going because yeah, it it, it might sound boring, but it's true. Yeah, I, I know. I think I'm on that train as well, just looking around the house and things that I thought I was going to get done this summer just haven't gotten done. Now, Forte, I think you're on holidays next week. Sure am. You always brag about your your rather predictable uh, life and schedule, but have you got anything exciting uh, planned for your week off and anything that you're looking forward to getting done before the before the arrival of <clears throat> autumn oh uh, the only thing i really have planned which there are no plans is uh, my best buddy is actually moving at the end of the month so i'm gonna just try to spend as much time with him see if he needs help or uh, just hang out spend time with him is he leaving is he moving province? out of province yes he's moving to ontario Oh, boy, you can't talk him out of it? It's too late? Yeah, it's too late. He got oh, a job there. So. Well, good for him. Congratulations oh, yeah. to him. But uh, that obviously changes things for you. It's hard being away from people that you love. Kelly, you must be so excited to go and go and see uh, your grandson. Did we lose Kelly? I think we might have lost him. I think we lost Kelly. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, Loren, just the whole idea of not being able to go anywhere, that, that's been a tough tough pill to swallow. But or, was, or plan to go anywhere, yeah, right? Because yeah. we don't, you know, you mentioned your friend in Ontario, Forte. Well, you don't know when you'll get to see him again, given travel restrictions, right, and how well, that know, might he was, work. He was planning to come back for Christmas, but I think that's off the table. Yeah, 
And then I've got friends or family overseas, and that's just not on the table for me right now. We've got people in the States, and that's on the table, despite the fact that Air Canada, and we're going to talk about this mm. in the next hour, despite the fact that they're you know, basically advertising leisure trips to the States, that's not on the agenda for me. And so in some ways, it makes your summer planning, winter planning easier when so many things are off the table, but then it's also like, well, then now what? Yeah, it does make it easier in terms of looking at the calendar and how to squeeze it all in. Is there anything you're looking to get done before the Labor Day weekend? We'd love to hear from you. 780-6868. Maybe there's some things that we can put on our list that need to get done. Let's commiserate. Let's uh, join in unison as we, uh, you know, I don't want to say we wind down summer because three weeks is a long time here and it's so beautiful. The weather forecast is outstanding, but uh, are there some things that you, you have to get done before we start thinking about fall? One of my colleagues just said, it looks like a Norman Rockwell painting out there today. Loren, uh, picture perfect day for us here at 201 Portage. I'm missing your face uh, regardless, but uh, I'm sorry. That I'm you're... missing that view. Yes, I, I looked at your that. photos. You uh, tweeted out some photos and, and posted to Instagram photos of your view at the 30th floor. And then Brittany Greenslade's filling in for Gabrielle Marchand this morning on Global News Morning. And she put out photos. And oh, that there's nothing like a day like today when the sun is rising, the sky is uh, all sorts of different shades of pastels and pinks and oranges, and the rivers are calm. Um, it's a beaut. Oh, and the trees are so, so green right now. Of course, we're losing so many trees this summer. The orange dot of death, as some have dubbed that uh, painting, you know, that spray paint that you might see on, on your elm tree or your ash tree in your neighborhood, but still thousands upon thousands of trees in bloom. I did see some leaves on the golf course last Monday at Niaqua, but no sign of uh, leaves changing color from where I'm sitting uh, high above Port. Portage Avenue, Portage in Maine at 201 Portage, 708 on this Monday morning. Lots of stories we're following this morning, but Loren McNabb, I guess uh, the top story of the weekend for so many of us as it's been for weeks and weeks, and that's where we start this hour is COVID-19. What numbers do we need to pay attention to when it comes to COVID-19? 56 new cases over the weekend, and sadly, one additional death, a man in his 80s. So despite this spike in cases, the active case count, as we were telling listeners in the last hour, it actually dropped for the second day in a row. So it sits at 205. The test positivity rate is 1.47%. And as always, throughout this whole thing, there's been all sorts of numbers that we watch and pay attention to. And I'm curious what Manitobans are listening to and what we should be watching for. And so epidemiologist and founder of Epi Research, Cynthia Carr, joins us now. Good morning, Cynthia. Good morning. I think there's so many of us that when we look at that daily case count we have for months, we react with questions or concerns, depending on where it sits. Uh, 20 cases Saturday, 36 Sunday, 40 on Friday. What number should we be watching? So again, we're continuing to watch sort of the change in our positive case rate. Uh, And now we're at about 1.4%. We definitely want to stay below 3%. But we're also watching to see... um, you know, if that's going up, which which it is, and how we are compared to the rest of Canada. So right now, although our overall rates are still very low, um, our percentage of positive tests, we're about third highest in Canada in the past week. But again, this varies. Things change quickly. Uh, you know, we know we've had some clusters and some outbreaks. 
So we want to understand, again, is it community-based spread kind of all over the place, or is it definitely clusters where we can trace those cases back to a specific um, either a group of people or a work environment or whatever the environment is, because that helps us get a better idea of, you know, how, how quickly we can contain it by identifying cases and contact tracing and follow up. So, Cynthia, throughout this, and Loren set that up perfectly, there have been certain numbers that we've been paying attention to throughout this po- pandemic, and they've sort of shifted. Mm-hmm. And now this case positivity uh, percentage, that case positivity rate is something that we're really focused on. The number mm-hmm. that early on that I was always focused on was the hospitalization rate and how many people had, had passed away due to COVID-19 and condolences to the Manitoba family who's dealing with the loss of their, loss of their loved one. Mm-hmm. Uh, with this latest uh, death, are the numbers that are most important, are are they shifting right now? Well, no, you're right. There's a context in which we need to look at this to paint the full picture. So one is, yes, cases are increasing. Why? Partly outbreaks, partly as we increase opportunity for getting together, you know, just naturally cases will increase. So you're absolutely right. The most important things as well to look at are the severity of those of the outcomes. Are we seeing more hospitalizations and most importantly, more people in the ICU? Are we seeing um, changes in our mortality rates? And are we changes, seeing changes in patterns? So yes, more people um, that are younger are um, getting positive test results, but they still stand, tend to be in the hospital for much shorter periods of time if they are hospitalized compared to older people. But those are the kinds of things we want to watch. Um, is the pattern of the most severe outcomes changing uh, by age group to areas where we don't anticipate, that would be an important factor to look at uh, to understand um, if the virus is becoming more severe or if it might have mutated or changed in some ways. As we talk about, you mentioned fall there, Cynthia, and that's a big part of the equation. We had Dr. Tam late Friday and then into the weekend talking about the idea that the picture for fall could be changing, and that's in part because of how it could coincide with flu. And so another number Mm -hmm. I want to throw out is the fact that only a quarter of Manitobans Mm -hmm. got the flu shot last year. Uh, Do you feel like we should be paying more attention to that right now as well? We absolutely should. Um, Our most high-risk population for poor health outcomes for the flu are our youngest people and our oldest. And yet um, kids under the age of five, about one in five kids um, have had the flu shot. It is free and recommended for everyone age six months and older. You can get it at your pharmacy, at your public health clinic, at your doctor's office. It's everywhere. Your tax dollars paid for it. Um, It is clear that even if uh, the vaccine is not 100% effective, um, even when I look at our health regions where we had the lowest rate of flu uptake, uh, immunization uptake, which was in our northern region, um, our influenza rate was 265 per 100,000 people when we had 15% of people vaccinated. And in Winnipeg, we had a quarter of people vaccinated and our influenza rate was 100 per 100,000. So it does matter and it's really important that um, as many people as possible get our flu shot because in the peak season, respiratory-related illness account for 
um, up to 2,000 emergency department visits a week in Winnipeg, about 25% of all visits. And in peak flu season, we're getting 1, 200, 300, 400 cases a week of the flu. So um, factor that back to COVID and, you know, how we're feeling when we see 50 or 60 cases. Well, at peak flu season, it's 300 and 400 uh, in our worst years. Cynthia, we've just got a minute or so left. I mentioned uh, off the top Australia seeing a dramatic reduction in flu rates in that country in their winter. Is that something that you're keeping an eye on? The fact that you mentioned that we are looking at other jurisdictions and their experiences with COVID-19. Is this flu experience something you're expecting to see replicated elsewhere? Right. So there'll be a variety of factors. One is, as we know, every year we get a different uh, strain. So that's why we have to get a different flu shot every year. But some of the public um, health practices that we have in place, we think will help. We're better at social distancing, staying home when we're sick. So Australia could be an example of maybe the vaccine is a good one this year, plus better public health practices amongst all of us. Cynthia Carr, thank you as always for your uh, insight on this. Uh, uh, Absolutely appreciate your time. Epi Research uh, Epidemiologist Founder Cynthia Carr, public health expert. We, uh, we, We value our time with you greatly. No problem. Have a great day. You too. Question of the day at cjob.com. On Friday, Manitoba tied its record for most COVID cases in a day. Are you going back to more serious precautions during the pandemic? Two choices. No, I was already doing all I could. Or yes, we got complacent. Time to lighten up. CJOB.com question of the day brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204 987-6890 and Loren McNabb 56 cases of COVID-19 over the weekend. Yeah, it's a big number, but we were just talking to Cynthia Carr at 707. She's one of our local epidemiologists, but the other numbers we need to keep an eye on. One is that positivity, the test positivity, right? Right? How many people are getting the test done? And then how many people of that are uh, finding that positive result? So right now it sits at 1.47%. She says we need to keep it under 3%. So that's one number to keep an eye on. And then the question about are we changing our behaviors? I think it's a great one. I think a lot of people would say we need to. But they aren't. I was at Costco over the weekend uh, and I was wearing a mask and I would say 85% of people were wearing a mask. And I'm not sitting here to advocate the mask part of the equation, Greg. I'm adding the fact that it was still jammed in there and there were still a lot of people and there are, you know, no one now is keeping their distance from anybody. And yes, you may have the mask, but I've been in plenty of stores and done plenty of shopping over the, over the last uh, two months as like many others to witness the change in behavior and, and people no longer carry about arrows or rules or which way to go or, or touching the fruit 17 times a day. And so <laughs> I think that there are, you know, a lot of people are, are saying, oh, I wonder if we should start thinking about what we're doing, but aren't doing it. And, and I might be on that list too. I thought that while out shopping, why are there so many of us here right now? What, you know, what is our urgent need and why we suddenly decided that we're good with being this close with one another? Something you hadn't been doing for many, many weeks. Uh, something that most of us are not doing, traveling to the United States. Air Canada 
is uh, sharing with you ways to get around the regulations. We'll tell you about that in just a few moments. And of course, the Canadian Football League season is on the brink because of COVID-19. But we start this half hour with the National Hockey League, which of course has been uh, performing very well within the bubble with regard to COVID-19 numbers. They haven't had a positive case in weeks in Side the bubble and in what might not be the biggest news story of the weekend for many of us, a big story for hockey fans as the first National Hockey League player has decided to leave the bubble and his team in the first round of the NHL playoffs. Vesna Trophy. A candidate as the league's top goaltender, Tuka Rask, of the Boston Bruins, has decided to return home and leave his team. Here is Bruins general manager, Don Sweeney. We understand completely where where Tuca's coming from. I don't think it's any big surprise uh, to us, to be honest with you. This has been a difficult decision for Tuca. So the Boston Bruins are in full support of, of why he made this decision. The goalie's decision was announced Saturday, less than two hours before the Bruins played the Carolina Hurricanes in Game 3 of the Eastern Conference first round in Toronto. Our own Hextall and hockey host, Leah Hextall, worked in the Boston market for several years and joins us now on the start. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Loren. Good morning, Greg. How are we today? We're pretty good for a Monday. Decent forecast. I'm super curious about the story because there are not many occasions where you can find a player who will be leaving their team in the midst of the playoffs. So what was at the heart of his decision here? Well, the heart of the decision was his family. Tukarask has three kids, including a newborn that was born back in April. And, you know, I actually believe, Greg and Loran, that this decision wasn't made on Saturday. This decision for Tukarask was made prior to the return to play. And this is what happens when you decide to play playoff hockey in a pandemic. Tukarask had been distracted. When you look at his play, the fact that he'd only won one game, they went winless within the round robin leading in, even though they were the top he also had a goals against average of almost three. This was weighing on him. We heard the team speak to the fact that he was distracted. And I truly believe that Tukarask had a lot of reservations about going into the bubble, about being away from his family for what could be until October and the stress that that would put on his family. And Lorena Greg, he's not alone. I mean, this isn't something new. We've seen players in MLB opt out and massive names. You know, we have also seen in the NFL players already saying that they will not return to play and this all happens when you decide to play sports in a pandemic when we don't know exactly what's going to on but more so for Tuka Rask it was the stress that it was going to put on his family himself and what would have ultimately been his team if he's not there to perform to the best of his ability. I think for most of us this is a somewhat of a heartwarming story for a professional athlete to make this type of decision for his family. Now the Bruins won their game Saturday versus Carolina to take a 2-1 series lead. Uh, Miro Halak in goal for for the uh, Bruins now. The response from some fans though, Leah, has been less than supportive of Rask's move. I'll phrase it this way. Are Boston sports fans more (laughs) passionate than others around the United States? Oh, Greg, you have no idea. You know, when I got hired by the New England Sports Network in 2012 to head down to Boston, I had multiple veteran sports broadcasters reach out to me not only to congratulate me, but to welcome me to the Dragon's Den. There is a passion in the Boston sports fan that is unparalleled and unprecedented to any market. They eat, sleep, and breathe their sports. Even what we would call fair weather fans, they are still more educated 
about their sports team and what's going on than most fans, I would say, anywhere in the world. And truly, it's because all they do is win. If you look since 2002, they have won 11 major sports titles, five Super Bowls, four World Series, an NBA title, and a Stanley Cup. If you're a kid who was born in 2000 in Boston, you don't know anything else except that you win titles. And that is their expectation from every single athlete, from every single sport organization, and there is nothing less. And there is no market that expects more out of their players. That being said, it is also one of the best places to work because it does have the best organizations. It's one of the best places to play because of those fans. But yes, I really was uh, tuned in to Boston sports media on Saturday when I heard that Tuca had pulled out, and it was the dynamic that I absolutely expected to see. The fans react in one way, and then there's the teammates, Leah. Do you think for the most part they get it and that this will be something that, you know, come next season won't be an issue for them? Or does this have a potential lingering effect of one of your own leaving you in the midst of the playoffs? No, it won't have an effect at all. This is, this is no longer an issue. We're still talking about this today, but I will tell you one thing. The Bruins are not talking about this. They weren't talking about it Saturday. They were moving on. Next man up, Yaroslav is in net. Let's remember, Yaroslav Halak, he's a sensational goaltender. Yes, he was making his first playoff appearance since 2015, but this is a goaltender that is very strong. He has tons of international experience. He knows what it means to win. He played for Team Europe in the Canada Cup and went up and head-to-head against Carey Price and hung his team in there on multiple occasions. And this team will have moved on. As their head coach, Bruce Cassidy, said, he's taking care of his family. We respect that. We're taking care of business here in Toronto, and that means focusing on the Carolina Hurricanes and winning this playoff series. I often hesitate to ask yes or no questions, Leah, but I'm going to. Tuka Rask, is he the last NHL player to walk away from the bubble in your prediction? Yes. Leah Hextall, thank you for this as always. Hextall on hockey four times tomorrow and Thursday, including 7.55 right here on the start. We appreciate you making some extra time for us today, Leah. Appreciate you guys. Enjoy the hockey today. Plenty of big stories we're following this morning, including the COVID-19 numbers over the weekend. And uh, after 8 o'clock, if you're trying to get onto your CRA account online and you're being blocked, we'll tell you why and we'll tell you exactly what that could mean for Canadians and what it might mean for your other accounts associated with CRA. And if you're using the same password why you might, on other accounts, why you might want to consider changing that uh, Leah Hextall joined us in the last segment to talk about the Tukaras situation, CFL football. The season seems to be on the brink. And Loren McNabb, we started the day this morning with news about Peter Nygaard. And of course, this has to do with another lawsuit that's been filed in New York against the Winnipeg fashion mogul. This time, it's Peter Nygaard's son, two of them, who were accusing their father of ordering his girlfriend who the suit claims is a known sex worker, to rape them when they were teenagers. So it's another sexual assault allegation filed in a New York civil 
court. And essentially, it involves the idea, the allegation that these boys were flown to Winnipeg, where their father then uh, directed this woman to to have sex with them or sexually assault them, as the suit alleges. And we want to bring this up because we've got calls out this morning. This is the second major lawsuit brought against Peter Nygaard. Of course, there's 57 women who've come forward in a class action suit, also filed in the same U.S. District Court in New York this year. This came in February, where they also accuse uh, the fashion mogul of sexual assault. And we've got calls out to the police on this one, Gray, because there'll be a lot of people saying, well, hang on, is he still coming and going as he pleases? Mm-hmm. pleases? Is he allowed to travel? Is he down in his Bahamas mansion? Where is he at? And at the end of the day, right now, as it stands, these are civil allegations, allegations filed in a civil suit, uh, not anything criminal at this point. And so we do know that there was a raid in his New York offices back in the spring. I just got off the phone with the New York Police Department and they've deferred me to uh, another phone number. So when we know where the status of any other investigations are at, we'll let you know. But right now, what's happening in court is civil, where the burden of proof is less than criminal. And that's the avenue these folks have chosen to go down at this moment. Whether that leads to anything uh, on a criminal end remains to be seen. But right now, none of the allegations have been proven in court, but lots of questions as to what's next in the Sega. Uh, Loren, you mentioned the fact that uh, you were at Costco this weekend and wondering out loud if we're maybe backing off some of the protocols and some of the things that we were doing differently over the last several months. I was at a gathering on Saturday night and (laughs) one of the people in the group found out what I did for a living they wanted to know my opinion on whether or not we should even be all together and I looked at her straight in the eye and I said yeah you know what probably not mm-hmm. but but there we were uh, about a dozen people celebrating a birthday nothing that we wouldn't have been doing that three or four months ago and one of our listeners says uh, Al says I agree that many people are becoming reckless I see very little people maintaining or pardon me minimizing touch points using sanitizers at shared touch points like ATMs and pin pads people are definitely not respecting social distancing or group gatherings I know so many people that came back from camping in Ontario they're not going to isolate and we We've heard stories of Americans finding ways to visit Canada, either legitimately or through a loophole in Canada's border closure rules with the U.S. Americans are permitted to drive through Canada on their way to Alaska. Canadians have been extremely vocal in their opposition to this potential abuse of border protocols. Well, it appears as though Canadians may be finding ways into the United States. Right now, Air Canada is actually promoting the availability of both leisure and business flights to the U.S., even as that country continues to record explosive growth on COVID-19 cases and as federal travel advisories continue to warn against any non-essential travel. Here's a recording on the airline's customer booking telephone line with the following message. Are you eager to reunite with friends and relatives in the U.S.? Did you know that Canadians are permitted to travel by air to and from the U.S. for leisure or business? Review our step-by-step guide available on aircanada.com slash travel guidelines to see what to expect while traveling. Canada's barred all incoming travel from the U.S. by land, except in cases where doing so is deemed essential and does not bar Canadians or eligible American citizens from traveling by air between the two countries. Right. And that's an important point. You're not banned from traveling to the States right now. Uh, They have barred all incoming travel. But the message to Canadians technically uh, is that you're eligible to travel to the States. The U.S., on the other hand, Greg, they actually have a prohibition on non-essential entry by land, but but not a similar prohibition 
by air if you're coming from Canada by air. And so there's conflicting rules. Some might call them a loophole. Infectious disease experts have been warning that since we're not aware that loophole exists, promoting any sort of travel to the States might encourage it more than anything else because then you could bring the virus home with them. And, and it, it's curious to me that, A, the rules are so so different. You you don't want anyone Americans coming here, but we're allowed to go potentially get infected and, and bring it back if, if it's non-essential, Greg? I don't know. How do you feel about Air Canada taking these steps? Mm, I'm, I'm a little bit perplexed by it. I think it's, I guess they're trying to maintain their business. They're in dire straits, but how do you, you go? <laughs> no, no chance. It's Mackling and McNabb with you on a Monday morning right here on The Start. And Loren, some feedback uh, flowing in swiftly from our listeners at 780-6868 sharing that story that Air Canada is helping travellers find their ways and navigate uh, the loopholes uh, as uh, a lot of people see them in order to travel to the United States. One of our listeners texted in immediately and said, I have a cousin who lives now in British Columbia. She travelled to the States to meet a guy. Didn't work out so she flew home three days later she didn't quarantine and was out eating and drinking all over vancouver right after none of my family approves of her senseless actions so they this stems from the conversation we just had of air canada advertising if you will the fact that you know did you know you can still have leisure trips to the states in addition to business trips and people are thinking what you're advertising that but the truth is canadians can go to the states that's technically allowed americans aren't allowed to cross the border by land but then there's some discrepancies over what's essential or not when it comes to air greg and so it kind of goes to a bigger question we started earlier this morning about just because you can does it mean you should and we are we the type of people that need to be told specifically exactly what to do or not do like do we need those hard and fast rules because when you give many people a gray area well, then the slope becomes all that more slippery, right? Unless you're telling someone you cannot do that, they might say, well, I'm not really supposed to be doing this, but here we are. Yeah, well, sometimes that's where shrugging shoulders come in. And it's like, mm, well, they said I didn't say I couldn't right. do it. And that's sort of the lead that we we often take with situations like that. Keep those text messages coming, 780-6868. What are you seeing? What do you know? What have you done? What won't you do? We love to hear from you. But let's start this hour with this. The Canada Revenue Agency has temporarily disabled its online services following news of two separate cyber attacks that compromised thousands of its accounts. Jeff Simple of Global News has more. The Canada Revenue Agency just shut down all online services after thousands of accounts were breached in cyber attacks. Anyone trying to log in to a CRA account is met with this message, telling them the service is not available. That means right now Canadians are not able to apply online for emergency COVID-19 funding, such as CERB. Hackers were able to access thousands of accounts using a technique called credential stuffing. It relies on databases of previously stolen login information. In a statement yesterday, the CRA confirmed that online services were being disabled as an additional precaution on top of the links between its My Account and My Service Canada also being shut down temporarily. It's not given a timeline for when the online services would be restored, but this potentially could affect tens of thousands of people, if not more. Ritesh Kotak is a digital security expert and frequent contributor to our programming here on 680 CGOB. Good morning. 
Good morning. What on earth is credential stuffing? Because that was part of the headline on this one, that it's a result of credential, credential stuffing. So what do we mean? Yeah, so let's break up the words here. So the first word is credential. Credentials are your username and password, what we call a claim and verify. So you claim to be somebody, that's your username, and your password essentially verifies that. So that's your credential. Now here's where it gets interesting, and that's the stuffing part. So when you have usernames and passwords and you use them on different sites, there are, we hear about it on the news all the time where these sites essentially get breached and your, date, and your data gets stolen, usually your username and password. And the, this information gets aggregated and purchased on the dark net. Now, once you have this, this could be thousands, if not millions, of usernames and passwords. And this is where stuffing comes in. A bot, a, essentially a digital robot, gets used to input them into popular sites. So uh, because you can't do them one by one, this process gets automated. And if there is a verification, meaning this username and password worked on the CRA website, then the person who deployed the bot gets notified and essentially has access and control over your account where they can go in, change your financial information, view your information, or in this case, redirect or apply for SERP payments. So, Ritesh, I see this as a, an issue, obviously, that is uh, timely because of so many people uh, needing access uh, to this website for applications for CERB, for EI, and other issues. But can we take it to other websites then? A- am I to guess that because people are can be lazy and lackadaisical with their digital information. That one of the premise that these uh, hackers work on is the fact that we are lazy and might be using the same username and passwords for multiple websites. So sometimes with these high tech breaches, the, the solution, as you mentioned, is kind of low tech. Just using different usernames and passwords would have prevented this. Now, also that being said, I, I think it's important that we don't only like solely put blame on on individuals. I think it's important that you practice what I call safe cyber hygiene, which is using strong passwords, different username and passwords for different sites, enabling two-factor authentication um, where possible. But at the same time, this information that's stored that's stored within these sites or within these vendors should a also be protected and b should also be encrypted. So it seems that the sites that were breached here. Um, your information was not encrypted, was not protected, and then it was aggregated and then essentially deployed with these bots. So it is, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that when it comes to cybersecurity and protecting your online identity, it is important that everybody does their parts from the vendors to the financial institutions to you as an individual to ensure the integrity of your online accounts. And what questions should we be asking them? Because perhaps it's naive of me to have assumed that of all the sites, this one would have a, a, a bunch of different uh, walls up and an inability to have this happen because so much crucial information is at the hands of the Canada Revenue Agency. So what questions should I be asking them in terms of how they're best protecting my info? I think it's just, and that's and that's the point, is that this is the CRA, the Canadian Revenue Agency. It has our financial information, our banking information, our personal information. And it seems that this breach itself was financially motivated, but you can also have breaches that are for disruption or espionage. So you got spying, you got intellectual property, um, theft. So when it comes to any type of site that you're going to use, it is important to, A, use different usernames and passwords, but B, 
really scrutinize the site. If you know, if you're giving up personal information, does it have some sort of security authentication? Um, you usually see a, a padlock in the browser bar. Um, there could be uh, the option of having two-factor authentication. There could be the option that if you use simple passwords, it just completely rejects it. Um, and then also asking the vendor, um, what type of security mechanisms do you put in place? Who has access to my data? And when possible, how can I actually remove or revoke access um, and take back my digital ownership? Data sovereignty is very important, especially in the 21st century. How can people keep in touch with you and uh, your extreme knowledge, Ritesh? Well, thank, you can reach me um, on Twitter at Ritesh Kotak or go to my website, RiteshKotak.com. Thanks for this, as always, Ritesh. So many questions. I'm sure we'll be hearing from you over the next couple of days on this. Appreciate the time. My, my pleasure. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.